Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast on Cop Left. We have a very familiar sort of panel this evening, reminiscent of old times. Uh, we have uh, Neil Patterson in Berlin. How are you this evening, Neil? All well with you? Yeah, great. Doing fine. Glad to be back on. Big win to talk about and we're, we're all good. Absolutely. Cruising as well and beating, <laughs> beating that uh, low block team and, and all the rest of it. So yeah, perfectly, perfectly fine. You might even get some positivity out of me tonight, but if you, if, you, if you keep your fingers crossed, you never know. Second up in London, we have Amara Naz. Good evening, Amara. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, yourself? Oh, rough week, but all good again. Back back to this, back to the grindstone. Let's get some pods done. And last, and l- l- certainly not least, our Donegal desk is back and John Henderson. How are you, my man? All good with you? Yeah, I'm good, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, you're very welcome. As I say, we haven't potted together in what seems like an eternity. It's, it's sort of, it's been far too long. It's lovely to have us all back, and it's even nicer to be able to talk about uh, uh, maybe even a series of results that we're on at the moment. We're we're, we're starting into a nice little run, and uh, I think I'll, I'll let Neil have a have a bit of a gush first uh, about how we're playing, which is certainly very positive. And certainly, the last time I was on cop cop left here. Um, Really, I was very down on things, and whilst, yeah, I've, I've, I've sort of improved my mood, and, and I'm a little bit more optimistic. Um, I'm just taking a game at a time, but we are playing some fucking outstanding football at the minute, Neil, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing to watch four wins in a row now, and we're beating all comers essentially. Um, obviously, we know we've we've gone away to Arsenal and won. We've gone away to Spurs and dominated, and and. You know, by all accounts, definitely should have won that game, uh, but gotten a draw at least. Then we've beaten Chelsea, uh, ended their unbeaten run this season. And then we've come up against a, a team in Hull who people expected us to struggle against them. And we kind of expected, if not expected us to struggle. We were a little wary of, of a team like Hull. We had the Burnley result, obviously, um, which more and more seems like the anomaly, which, which is good. The more games we win, and do well in the more it will seem like that but we did have that warning earlier and we were you know a little bit cautious shall we say going into this no doubt we wanted to stamp our authority on the game and and at least very least come away with a win it didn't have to be so emphatic but great to see that it was and we're just we're playing some some amazing football at the moment and it's being pointed out and it's it's you know it's being well publicised at the moment there are a lot of a lot of fans of a lot of clubs, a lot of other clubs who are, you know, looking at Liverpool with with envy and and with um, wonder almost at the moment, just from the style of football that's been played, the results that it's delivering. You know, our manager as well, of course, who's you know did it, which we'll talk about later, did a great stint on Monday Night Football and and really got Chen's wagon. So you know, it's all good for Liverpool at the moment. You said yourself that you're, you're beginning to feel slightly more optimistic now, which, you know, takes some going, Dave. So we're uh, we're moving in the right direction. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And, you know, I think we'll come on and talk about different players and, and go further and further with it as we go along. But, yeah, uh, I think as a Liverpool fan, you can be nothing but happy at the moment. No, absolutely. It's hard to be anything else but happy. But I'm going to come to Amara. You, you know, obviously, we, whole city 
are the type of team traditionally that cause us a problem. We dispatched them with ease. In fact, you know, basically, even the goal that they scored, as I say, we'll come on to the Monday Night Football and, and Klopp even analysed that himself and we'll maybe talk a little bit more in that particular section of it. You know, next up, we, we go to Swansea. And, you know, Neil's talking about my negativity. We need to beat Swansea, you know, given the way and the style that we have put on in the last four games. It's imperative now that we put these teams to the sword. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Swansea. We're playing at this moment in time, and certainly the last four games, a beautiful brand of football, sometimes for a half, sometimes for a whole game. But our the work ethic, everything that, that seems to be there at the moment, um, the squad, in my opinion, may be a little light over the course of the season. But just at this moment in time, it is a joy to watch. It is. And, you know, as you said, uh, this whole game was a worry for everyone. We've all, we've all been talking about it, how we thought we might slip up or this was traditionally where we used to slip up. And, you know, the Hull and the, and the Swansea game, to me, they're kind of like, obviously they're back to back, but they're, they're, they're one kind of problem we have. So if we can uh, dispatch Swansea on the weekend as well, it would be even better. But, you know, I mean, this game, like you said, we dispatched every I mean, the, the, that team with ease, and we were worried that they might sit back, and then they wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to break them down. But it, it was the complete opposite. Um, Klopp said that was the best half we've played since he's been here. Which you know, I mean, and, and I think that's the kind of it was a kind of really complete performance by us. You know, I had everything. You know, we had the goals. Um, the pressing was it was on another level. You could see. As soon as the whole player had the ball, there were three or four Liverpool players just. Wild boys was, I think, the, the term that Klopp used on Monday Night Football was to, to describe them when they were trying to get the ball back. You know, possession, and every time they had the ball, we were on them, you know, like I said, like a pack packs of wolves and, and just getting the, the, the ball back. And then, you know, obviously we, we gave a goal away customary from us, isn't it? I have to put the LFC stamp on it. So it was a, it was a complete performance in every aspect, really. So yeah, I mean, it was it was brilliant to watch. Um, I think the early, well, we say it was an early goal, but was it what the sixteenth, seventeenth minute, which is it's pretty good for settling the nerves and then you know sort of building on that. So I think the longer any of these games stay nil nil, it, it can get a bit worry worrisome. But I love the way that the players were kind of all knew what they were doing as well. If one vacated a space, the other kind of slotted in, and I think that's what Klopp's been after for a long time now. But you know the fixture pile-up we had last season and um, obviously just him bedding in as well we just didn't get that time to practice these things it was just you know we've got a game tomorrow we've got a game the next day or we've got a game in a couple of days so that's how it was with him and I think that's something that he mentioned on Monday Night Football as well in the interview that we'll talk about later but um, yeah it's just uh, it's all flowing it looks it's amazing to watch Um, like I said everybody knows what their job is they all know that if one person goes up, the other person has to come back or someone in midfield will help go back and help the defence if the fullbacks do need to push on, which is something we, we've been talking about recently um, with our fullbacks anyway. Like you said, it's a joy to watch um, and we need, we do, I think we really need to back up this win with the win against Swansea on the weekend as well. And then, you know, the goals, all the goals were brilliant as well. Just fantastic all-round performance. You know, I want to come to John on another point, and I actually was listening to the Cop Table podcast that their preview of of the Swansea game, and there's a suggestion there, John, that this is getting—it's not there, obviously, at the moment, but the sentiment is starting to creep in that the teams are going to be absolutely terrified that we're coming to town or they're coming to face us at Anfield, a bit a la thirteen fourteen season when teams were half beat, getting off the bus, and you know, obviously, the longer we can 
maintain this run, sustain this run, that mentality will grow with other teams. And we are playing. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm saying it three times <laughs> to each person. You know, we are playing beautiful football. What we've got back this season, and and Mane's obviously been a, been a massive part of that, is we just have that absolute raw pace in the team again. That just gives us that added dimension. And teams are afraid to push up on us because they know the likes of Sturridge, the likes of Mane, uh, Firmino's no slouch. They know these guys can get away from you. Uh, and then the quandary is, well, if you if you then try and go deep and play a low block and leave some space, you know, we, we've got a lot of number 10s who actually, they love playing between the lines. You've got your Firmino's, Coutinho's, Lalama, and they're all very, very, very comfortable. But you're right, Dave, you know, I think when you've made this, the, it is early days, it is early days, but when you've made the statements that we've made, you know, we've gone to Arsenal, we've scored four goals, We've gone to to Chelsea um, and absolutely, you know, controlled most of that game. I played them. Completely outplayed them. Completely. And Spurs as well. And I mean, funnily enough, Spurs for me has been away from home. The, the best performance we've put in so far. That I thought we were absolutely brilliant at Spurs and we had a bit of bad luck with an offside, uh, but we really controlled that game against a very good, very strong, very fit and, and Spurs team as well. So you're right and I think it bodes well, Dave, and that's what we want, you know, that's what we want to see. We want teams coming to Anfield with that mentality that anything we get here is going to be an absolute bonus because you know, if you think back to when you had United under Ferguson, Dave, and it took them a long time to build up that aura, but teams almost used to go to Old Trafford and they used to rest players, ridiculous as it sounds. Um, they would actually rest players because they didn't believe that they could get anything out of the game. And whilst we're nowhere near there yet, you know, there is this feeling everybody's talking about us. And I think that's a good thing. And that psychological edge hopefully means that we're going to take you know that we'll take a few more points off teams than we than we might have uh, might have done previously. So it, it's all good. No, and you mentioned Adam Lallana there, and and, and I welcome open openness to to, to all of you jump in uh, as as you feel fit because he's a player that we have given maybe not when we were on this site but when we used to put on, on over an Anfield index we used to give him some shit. And we really did about his final product. And we always, every single one of us saw the player that, that could be in there. Klopp seems to have discovered that player. And he looks a completely different proposition all of a sudden. He looks purposeful in that final, in that final ball. And in, in the last three games, albeit we need to see that on a consistent basis, but certainly the Lana that we've seen in the last three games is a completely different beast to the one that we ridiculed maybe for the past couple of seasons. Um, I'll, I'll, whoever wants can take that one. Well, I mean, he's delivering the numbers now, isn't he? And that's the and that's kind of the key thing that he clearly hadn't been delivering for a long time. Well, for throughout his tenure at Liverpool, throughout his time at Liverpool, he's he's got that freedom now in a way. The way the system works and the way it frees up space, he's got that little pocket to operate in. You know, he's, he's integral in, in more ways than one. I mentioned he's getting numbers, so he's starting to score goals. He's starting to provide assists and meaningful assists. And he's starting to do uh, Cruyff turns in the right place, like for the, the assist he got there at the weekend, which was actually a great, great piece of skill. He takes the ball. He's completely surrounded. He's facing the touchline and he spins the defender. He leaves three of them dead and he slips it into Mane. 
And of course, Manny does the rest. It's, it's a great finish from there as well. He's starting to do these things in areas of the pitch that actually uh, matter and that actually count. And you mentioned it yourself, Dave. It's the purpose that he plays with, the purpose with his final ball, the belief that what he's going to do is going to come off. And he scores, you know, a really important goal at the weekend. You know, the first goal in that game was always going to be massively important because while we, whilst we always looked on top and we should have scored at least two before we went ahead, the longer it had stayed at nil-nil, you know, if you got to half time somehow at nil-nil, you never know, you know, with the doubts creeping in and whatever. But he scored, he scores that goal. He provides the assist for the next. And, you know, as I was saying, he's, he's integral in other ways as well. You know, the press, the work rate, he's completely switched on to what Klopp wants. And... Johnny mentioned uh, in the last in, the, in this last bit about players who like to play between the lines, and it's noticeable. I mean, obviously, you watch the game the first time. Some people are very analytical, and they can you know see exactly what's going on at one time of watching. But a lot of us are you know quite emotional and get caught up in the, in in being a fan, and maybe we've had a drink or two, so you tend to watch the ball and you know get carried away with with what's with with the action on the ball. But when when you watch when you rewatch it and you remove remove that kind of uh, excitement or whatever and you, you're watching it in the cold light of day, we could, were consistently playing between their lines. The front three were consistently and with Lallana backing up and Wijnaldum were consistently in between Hull's lines. They had no clue how to pick up, where to pick up, where to go. You know, Lallana's coming into his own in that kind of a situation. He's getting more space to operate, as I mentioned earlier, and you can't argue. He is a different player, and if he is going to put in 12 goals this season and, and make 8 assists, 10 assists, then that's great because he's actually moved back. He's not even in the front three, and we've got a number of players chipping in with goals and assists, and the more, the better. So he's starting to... You can see now why he is a permanent fixture in this team, and you can't can't deny it now. You wouldn't drop him. No, you wouldn't. And, and John, I'll come to you because I'll hark back to a conversation that we had, albeit over alcohol, you, me and Carly, during the England-Wales game, during the Euros. And we we described Adam Lallana, maybe unfairly, as erectile dysfunction. And he certainly made us eat those words in the last few weeks, hasn't he? Well, he has because I don't think anyone ever questioned Lallana's good skill has a really good touch in a lot of ways. He's not a very English style of, of player, but what Klopp's got out of him, as well as the fitness, I think, remember the, the first game Klopp ever had, and it was that sort of, I think that was the main image after the game at Spurs in his first game, where Lalana just sort of collapsed into his big bear hug on the touchline after an hour. He was absolutely spent, and you're looking at him now, and he's, you know, he's covering the most ground consistently every weekend of any player in the league. Klopp has him doing exactly what he's doing. As Neil says, he's not in the front three. I think we always looked at him in that front three and thought, you you don't give enough there. You're taking up a space for someone more productive. But he's just found this role for him where he presses a lot. He's a big part of that. But he's really now starting to do things in the in the final third. You know, he he got the goal. You know, he got the goal at Arsenal. He got the smasher against uh, Leicester. As Neil says, he gets that very important breakthrough goal. It was him. It should have been an assist, you know, the breakaway goal at Spurs that would have sealed the game. So he's just doing so much more. And he's doing things with purpose now. He's, he's doing his tricks and his turns, but he's not overindulging them. He's doing them in clever areas um, and he's making things happen. 
and and I just hope it goes on for the rest of the season. I'm delighted when any Liverpool player meets makes me eat my words when he's when he's playing better than we ever thought he could, and he's contributing more. So yeah, we we've given him abuse, and it's a, it's a bit of humble pie now for what he's delivering. And and long may it continue, Dave. I'm more than happy to say that I think we. We, we've got it wrong and we've maybe underestimated what Klopp can do with a player. No, absolutely. And, and you know, I think basically, you know, we're, we're all guilty of it in this pod. Uh, I think it was born of frustration more than anything else, just that we realised there was a player in there and, and the, the pirouettes, the pirouettes. But he, as you say, if he's doing them now, it seems to be at the right time. And he seems to have his head. I think it was on one of the other podcasts from one of one of the uh, the chat groups that we're in. Um, somebody compared him; he could be Klopp's Dirk Coit, as uh, what Dirk Coit was to, to Rafa Benitez. Omaro, your thoughts? Well, I can say I never really slagged Lalan off, so don't lump me into yes, you <laughs> to did. your evil. Don't, don't stop trying to claim evil. No, Amaro I did. High ground. Yes, no, did. no, I never did. I never did. I, I don't really Lovren, slag our never players done off. I'll stick up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick up for our players, but I don't think I've overly criticised any of them. But anyway, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to add to what um, Neil and John have said. You know, he just you can see how hard he works on the pitch. He's that Klopp philosophy. I mean, he's. he's perfectly kind of encapsulates it at the moment and I don't know if it's the training time that that they've had now and you know he maybe he's more clear on what he needs to do or it's just the fitness over time whatever it is it's working and we're happy it's working he's definitely getting into my fantasy team on the weekend as I need the points but yeah I mean adding goals to to his um to his game I think was really it was paramount because you know that that's just gonna lift you up in the eyes of the fans anyway and in your own confidence as well that can only help um, so yeah, everything's brilliant with him at the moment. Long may it continue. And I just think, you know, just if you just watch him on the pitch, he's everywhere. And Klopp's done a fantastic job with him, and Lalana's done a fantastic job himself of applying it. It's not just about what Klopp tells him; you have to go and then and apply it on the pitch as well, which isn't always easy. You might know what you have to do, but it's hard to actually do it. But he's doing it at the moment, and he's doing it really, really well. And he was definitely man of the match on uh, on Saturday. Sticking with that, and it'll segue us quite nicely, and I'll stick with you, Amara, on this one. You know, we saw Jurgen Klopp last night on Monday Night Football, which was a thing of wonderment. Uh, you could listen to the guy for, you could listen to the guy for two days. You'd never get tired of listening to him, uh, talking football, and, and you learn stuff when he talks. That, that, that's the good thing. But the first point I want to, want to take out of this, Amara, is from, from what I saw yesterday and what I listened to and watched yesterday, I get the impression that, that Adam Lalana and Bobby Firmino are really, really paramount in, in what Klopp's trying to do they're, they're, they're like his key players uh, there what were your thoughts on that yes yeah, uh, interesting you mentioned um, Bobby Firmino because they uh, I think Cara showed him some uh, graphics of, of how how Firmino presses the ball and how he wins the ball back in that sort of vital area in that top half of the pitch and I kind of now understand a little bit more as well now I mean I, I'm not tactical you know I don't follow the tactics of football like some guys, like Neil said, do I? I have to watch things back a couple of times. You know, I have to to sort of read up and stuff on it as well. But he said that he's um, Firmino does the sort of most intense job because he has to win the ball back and he has to press in that central area of, of getting the ball back at that and on on that part of the pitch. And I and I kind of understand now why. I mean, you know, we all know I love Sturridge um, and I want him to play every game, but I kind of understand then maybe why. 
Klopp doesn't want to start Sturridge there because we know that Sturridge doesn't have that same intensity as um, as Firmino does, and you know he's he's involved sort of deep, he's involved up front, so it kind of got a little bit open my eyes on on sort of Firmino's role and how um, Klopp wants that role to be played up the up top. But um, yeah, it was an excellent interview. It was honest, intelligent. You know, you could, you like you said, you could listen to him all day, and he's got that self-deprecating kind of humour, which I like. You know, just always slagging himself off. I think Kara was putting some um, pictures of him uh, messing up on the pitch, and he just openly admitted, "I wasn't a very good player." And you know, the day I became a manager, I stopped playing, and that was the best thing for the team. So um, yeah, it's just it was a brilliant um, interview, and yeah, like I said, he 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 brought up so many points that kind of made you made, made you understand a little bit why he plays the way he does and why he plays certain players the ways in in the positions that he does and you know we don't know it all that's why he's the manager and that's why he gets paid to do the job that he does but um definitely kind of understood a little bit more after after that no i hear you on that one and you know john for you it, it seems that our front line and even even our midfield everything all these positions are suddenly totally interchangeable and all the players are like you know on this telepathic level if if the if there's space every, everybody has a responsibility to go and fill it everybody knows their job and everybody seems to be i think the most important thing i don't think that they didn't know their job last season but they seem to be so much more efficient at doing it uh, and you know i mentioned Ohms there it seems that Klopp himself seems very, very fixated on, on Lalana and Firmino to be the key factors in that. But I love this. You know, th- th- we saw some fantastic movement am- amongst our front line and even from, from our midfield. You know, players dropping deep to get the ball, bring it. It's, it's brilliant stuff. Do you think it's the time that he's had with the players the preseason? He's finally got that into them and, and that's what we're going to see the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He, you know, when he came in, he hadn't had the preseason, so that the team weren't in the condition that a, a Klopp team would, you know, in, in the condition that Klopp would want one of his teams to be in. He didn't have between the, you know, between him arriving in, in, in October and and sort of February, and and you're talking over four or five months. No team in Europe had played more games, so we had very little. Training time, he was the most overworked manager in Europe in terms of games. So, absolutely, you know, we've had that. We've had the summer. He's he's got to know the players. He started himself in the interview. He's, he's he's got to see them now as well in big games, big occasions. You know, the good and the bad. You know, the big night against Dortmund where everything came together, and and then the, you know the disappointment in Seville. So he, he he's getting to know and understand the players. So I think you're seeing, you know, the fruits of that work and the training ground. But I think there was there was there was signs too, you know, we're waxing lyrical about the the movement and how good it was. I think it was the most complete attack and display I've seen from Liverpool in a very long time. I mean, I was sitting watching that that first half, and it was, you know, I, I was watching it in Belfast, and there was a there was a big crowd. Of, of of Liverpool fans in and we were talking at, at half time and it was just the consistency of the football. I mean, we we scored. Every, they had a massed sort of defence against us, and um, we broke them down. We just had too many players, too quick, too much movement, just 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 too much uh, guy for them uh, as well as power. Um, and then you have this, you know, so the goal Manny scores, the goal that Lallana scores, they were well set up defensively but we just had too much movement for them um, and then you've got the the penalty incident which is just where Firmino just turns and such a quick pass and you know Coutinho has the shot blocked and 
every type of attack. Um, the last time I can remember is really absolutely romping against the team at home in a first half like that was the season we sh- should have won the league uh, against Arsenal. So there was so there was so much, but every situation, whether it was a counter attack, whether it was against a mass defence, I think the best way to describe it is every player just knew their job. If you think about it, like an American football team where everybody knows they're running, running their different lines and doing what they're doing. There's nothing off the cuff about Liverpool now when they're attacking or when they're pressing. It's all very choreographed. Everyone knows their jobs, and it's a very exciting prospect eh, that he's brought us to this level already and it's now just trying to keep the optimism in check a wee bit which you're normally pretty good at but <laughs> I think there's um, yeah there, there's very very encouraging signs there so early that it's going to be a big season I just want to see us grind out a few results it would it would actually enhance my belief <laughs> if, if we could just grind out a 1-0 Why bother grinding, grinding when you we get did against Chelsea we? no but, but what I mean yeah. guys at, at some yeah. point during this season we're going to need to do that I would like to see it soon and, and realise. The West Broms of this world, the, the Crystal Palaces of this world, you know they're anti-football. They'll be just fucking out to spoil our day. If we don't get an early goal against those guys, which I hope we do, uh, and, and it changes everything when we do get that early goal. Umara said, you know, if we'd gone at nil-nil at halftime, it might have been a different game. They might have had a different mentality and so on. At some point during the season, we're going to come across that, and, and it's how we grind those out. And just another point I want to make. How awesome is it to see our goalkeeper come outside his penalty box and not have a heart attack at the thought of it? That's that's sort of the thing, and that it all kind of ties in. Like, um, you're talking about grinding out results and, and whatever, but we, we, we've got it, well... Touch wood. It seems that the way we're we are playing, it's not like we're just playing beautiful football, ticky ticky tacka, whatever you want to call it, knocking it around and you know looking for the opening. We also have that you know we can hurt teams when we've got loads of possession of the ball, like we did against Hull. I think we had what seventy seven percent possession or something ridiculous at periods in that game, and for a time, uh, I think in the first half, seventy two percent of the play was in the whole half. Um, so I mean, we we had loads of the ball and and we destroyed them. But when they get the ball back, or when they did have the ball or win the ball or play out from the back, we were on them in no time and winning it back. So we've got the tools to kind of destroy teams whichever way they want to play against us, and that's something the you know it's a heady heady concoction. Teams strive for it. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to be able to play both ways. But we're much better equipped, I think, to do that now than we've ever been. The patience that is displayed, the the fact that we're talking about choreographed runs and, and choreographed pressing, and even tying into what Klopp was saying on, on Monday Night Football about defending, making the pitch or the area you want to defend as small or as big as yeah, you like. The, the nine and the ten splitting the pitch in half, basically only allowing them to, to, to operate in, a, in half of the field or half of the area. Exactly, and you could see on the... You can see on the monitor when he's moving, moving the players over, and he's showing right. If you if they play this way, they play it towards the touchline. Then what we do is we move over here as a unit, and we block off this and this and that. And you could see it. That's what happened against Hull. There were times where they just kicked for touch. Like I mean, they just they were completely overwhelmed by by the aggression and the speed at which Liverpool attempted to close them down or block off the passing routes or whatever. So when they have the ball, we can get it back. And in fact, we like that if they have the ball in defence because we're in the counter-pressing. So we win the ball back there. We're in on goal. Plus, we've got the tools 
at the moment anyway and it's looking more and more as if it's a trend uh, rather than rather than just a phase we can destroy teams with the ball now as well so i don't think we're gonna you can hear that i don't think we're gonna come up against we're gonna have too much trouble when we come up against the likes of of a palace uh west brom or west brom but you know tony Poulis. i mean their sides have Forget it. I don't think I'm wrong. He's never won a game. Tony will be away to England very shortly. He's the natural progression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. The next logical step in that cart horse kind of uh, mentality. But um, you know, even your Crystal Palace, they want to. They want to play. They'll fancy they 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 can play against us. So I don't know. I just I just think I know what you're saying, but I don't think we have to be as worried as we would have been last season or the season before. When coming up against those those kind of packed defenses, and personally, the longer we can go without needing to grind out a win is great, uh, as long as we can grind it out as and when we need to. Dave, did you know if like going ums was sort of referring to it there? I thought we grounded at Chelsea quite well. I mean, when it went to two one, that was as good as I've seen us. In that yeah. situation, I thought. Yeah, we well, yeah, but we were never behind, John. We're, you know, we had a two-goal lead there for a season. We were pegged back the one. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a different type of grind. I'm talking about, you know, you're at the 70-minute mark, it's nil-nil, and you're having to dig deep to find something. That's the type of game, you know, the Polish rugby type of type of game. Where, well, I think you know, Klopp said that was just going to be about being patient and not doing what they did against Burnley, which was just get impatient, start yeah. shooting outside of the box. I think he he sort of. Uh, uh, quite yeah, went into yeah. a bit of detail about that yesterday and that's just something that they're going to have to learn to do because what happens is they kind of start panicking a bit and they start you know like Coutinho starts doing his wild shots from which sometimes work and which sometimes don't but it's from outside the the box so they just need to keep on that and once they know that they can what if they persevere it will work that's just going to come over time yeah, I, I think and I think the key is as well to be in that situation to to not have handed the opposition a 2-0 lead you know, like like we did at Burnley. I think if you're looking at nil nil there, after sixty minutes, after sixty five minutes, I think it's a different game. I think we are still yeah. patient. We conceded think, in what the first minute and a half. That yeah, was just exactly. we shot I mean, ourselves in the foot there. And he said that we weren't ready. It just it was a bit unexpected. And when that happens, then these teams are even more difficult to break down than when they would have been at nil nil. But there's another Absolutely. factor maybe that we could think about. You know, we are so high octane out of the blocks. We really are, you know, we, we, we go at teams in those early stages. And my worry is that, you know, in that type of game, if we've gone just like Burnley and maybe it's nil nil that we have nothing left. Okay. We've got three subs to freshen it, but you know what I mean? Our main impetus seems to be, it's, and, and it is sort of very much along the lines of the 13, 14 seasons. We seem to sprint out of the blocks, try and get ahead. And, and it's those type of games that hopefully we never, we never actually end up in the position, but you know, somewhere down the line, we'll have to grind one out. Yeah. But I uh, think, uh the one, the one thing about it is you, you come out of the blocks and, I mean, I, I would say there have been starts this season. I mean, if you look at Spurs, even if you look at the weekend there, Hull probably had their best spell in the first five minutes of the game. Like, if you, if you, if you watch it back, I mean, after that, they weren't in it at all. But in the first kind of few minutes, yeah, Miller gets caught out of position. He comes in, he has to make a slide tackle. I think they get a corner. And it's it's only really from five, six, seven minutes on that we really start to assert our authority. And Spurs game as well, it was we were sort of on the back foot the first five, six, seven minutes. Uh, even the Leicester game, their best spell was in the first couple of minutes, and then Firmino scores after ten minutes or whatever it is, and and it goes from there. I mean, I think after conceding that goal, being able to come back 
within 10 seconds um, kind of showed that. And I think the stats are, well, I'm pretty sure the stats are showing that we're consistently not only running the most, but we've got the most, we're sprinting the most and we're sprinting the most over the longest distance out of any team in the Premier League. Also 18th in the goal conceded (laughs) bracket, which is going to be my next question, but go ahead. Well, well, then we're second in the the goal scored or are we even first in the goal scored? We're right up there anyway. Maybe City have scored more, but I wouldn't say anyone else would have. So, so yeah, I mean, we are conceding goals uh, and that is a bit of a worry. And I, I mentioned that at the start of what I was saying here. The, the big thing is not to, not to gift any goals, not not to make these mistakes. But it seems that the individual mistakes, at least, are, are being gradually eradicated. I think one point that I would just make as well, and we're talking about having ways, you know, if, if a game's not going our way, what we can do. And I felt that was the strongest bench that a Liverpool team have had in a very long time. We, we were sitting there on, on Saturday with... Okay, we had Mignolet um, and we had Moreno um, on the bench. have been two regular sort of first-choice players for a while. But we had Kruzix, we had Emery Chan, we had Sturridge and Origi. Just felt like we had serious, serious options there for a change. You know, if you're coming up against a team that were tiring and had been putting up a good fight, you know, to me, being able to put on players like Sturridge and Origi is a real game-changer for us. You know, under Rodgers, we were sort of relying on Sturridge, not getting injured and staying fit. And, you know, that that was our only hope for goals. So I think we've got more in our locker there as as well, Dave, for those type of games. That was a point I wanted to make. We just don't have that one weapon anymore, do we? We have quite a few. And that's going to be hard for teams to kind of think on how to, to stop us as well. Because exactly. if you've got a yeah. Suarez, you can get someone marking on him. You can get two people on him, whatever you want to do. But if you've got Mane and you've got Lalana and you've got Firmino and you've got Coutinho and you've got, you know, quite a and few players. And yeah, and I think exactly. And I forgot about well, those. Yeah. It reflects as well in how well Coutinho has, has been playing and the amount of space afforded to him all of a sudden. Because teams just can't go shut down Coutinho, shut down Liverpool. There's far too many options these days exactly. for, for that yeah. to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, David. If you you know if you'd Curtis Davies' comments, I think were very interesting. You know, he he made some very interesting comments. I thought for a for a Premier League defender when he came out and he said, you know, we played against Arsenal and Arsenal keep the ball a lot, but everything's in front of you and it's easy. And he was just basically describing what it's like facing Liverpool. He said, you know, they were running behind us, they were cutting balls between us. Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, there was just it was relentless. So there is real signs there that we're going to be, yeah, you know, there's, there, don't think there's going to be, Man City aside, I don't think there's going to be teams that are going to cause uh, more problems than, 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 than Liverpool, uh, which, which is going to make it very entertaining for us. Yeah, and I think you're, you were right earlier with what you said as well about the, the fear factor coming back. I mean, I think when you've got Premier League defenders uh, coming out and, and giving interviews like that, I mean, even Nathaniel Klein, well, not Nathaniel Klein, <laughs> Apologies. Danny Rose. Danny Rose said, "Yeah, about the uh, Mane and it being the hardest game he's ever he's ever faced against against Mane." And and these things are starting to become more and more open and out there. Then teams are going to be talking, and players are are going to be a little little bit fearful, and especially when we are putting in the work that we, that we are putting in, even even on an off day, even on an off day when you're not quite clicking, just the sheer pressure you can put teams under. You know, will will yield mistakes and and will provide goals. And I should give a nod to the AI under pressure pod for the stats I mentioned there about the running. So I want I want to swing it. You know, we're we're on the conversation. We've we've 
wax lyrical here about um, you, you know our attacking prowess and so on. But to everyone, and, and certainly to, to neutrals as well, our defence is the question mark. And, and there's a couple of issues I want to talk around around our defence, and one involves Mamadou Sacco, and the other is you, you know the stat that I pulled up there Neil, from that Monday night football last night um, about. We're the 18th worst um, conceder, uh, concession of goals in the league at the moment. Number one, do, do you, you know? I'll give you all a shot at this. And do you feel that that you know that is something that will improve as, as the months go by, as the the Matip uh, Love and partnership develops, or do you think it's going to be you know something that we see consistently throughout the season, where the, the defensive mistakes are going to still exist because basically the players there well may not be to the highest of caliber. Um, Neil, yourself. You know, we're bound to see the odd, the odd mistake. I mean, I don't think you can really go through 32 games of a season and, and not see now any defensive mistakes at all for uh, for the rest of it. But what I would say is that uh, it seems that a corner has already been turned slightly. At least we're halfway around the corner. And that, I mean, I think we've conceded five goals in our first two games. And in the last four, what we've conceded one in each. So... And, and it's, it's not great because you, you, we cannot say a word about Carius. We can't even, you know, I'd never saw him in preseason. I have nothing to base it on. He's done nothing except pick the ball out of the net, which he hasn't been responsible for. That's okay. What we saw at the weekend, and perhaps why it it's, was such a red letter day for us in, in battering, you know, a, a team that's regarded as a little bit of a, a boss parking team, shall we say, was Carius is his starting position. Well, perhaps it, it play, plays a part. You know, you're sco- you. If Carius is, you don't really see it on the TV, just the odd shot here or there. But by all accounts, from those that are at the game, he spent his time, say, 10 yards within our own half when we were attacking. So you've got the centre backs up into the opposition half. And what I mentioned earlier about the, the territory, uh, us having, uh, Liverpool having so much play in the whole half in that, in that uh, first half was, you know, it all sort of stems from there. If your goalkeeper has such a high starting position, the centre backs are pushed up, the full backs are pushed up, the midfield's pushed up in front of them, you're camped in, in their half, you just pen them in and pen them in and pen them in. And even in that, it's not making a save, it's not what goalkeepers are, you know, it's not one for the highlights reel, put it like that. You know, he's not punching uh, balls out of, out of the top corner or, or coming, you know, there were questions and marks about how much he, he, he came for crossing and stuff, but... Just the way that he played the game added, I think, an extra dimension to Liverpool's aggression and Liverpool's ability to attack and and destroy, essentially, Hull at the weekend. And it's going to give that against those kind of teams that, you know, we're all a bit more worried about. And and I know you in particular, Dave. And I think that it's something that should be mentioned because it's a complete departure from what we've had for the since, since Mignolet signed for us. And it, it's really the beginnings of what you want from a keeper in, in this system. Okay, so, John, we haven't really seen enough of Carrius. He hasn't had anything to do in regards of really making any important saves or big saves. But his positioning, the way he seems a little bit more assured, do you think that that's going to help our back four as, as the season basically progresses? And, and do you, you know, again, the same thing as a defensive unit, maybe we'll take the goalkeeper into consideration here as well. What expectations do you have for us this season that way? Because it is our—it's it's like our Achilles heel at the moment. Yeah, so I think I think it's a combination of things, David. You know, I think with with a club team, you have to accept that we're going to take risks, we're going to play in the front foot, and we're going to be susceptible sometimes to goals. That's the nature of the style of play. 
Um, but I thought Klopp on the Monday Night Football himself was interesting in that he, you know, he alluded to the fact that we've had different players in them positions. We've been trying different things out, playing against different teams. And I think those partnerships between the goalkeeper and between the centre-backs, that's going to be, that's how you get stability. You know, if you think of strong defences and going back through the Premier League and, and, and strong setups, you know, you think of van der Sar, Vidic, Ferdinand, you think, of, of of Arsenal with their with their centre back parents, Michael Pallister and, and Bruce, yeah, <laughs> exactly. John Terry Carvalho. So it's it's definitely an important factor. We need it. We need to see that build up. We need to get those partnerships going. And I, I think, as I say, Klopp will improve the team collectively in the shape without the ball. Carius, it, it, it's a funny one with Carius. It was it reminded me of a lot of Barcelona games that you would watch on a Sunday evening, where they're playing Levante or they're playing. Malaga and they're four or five nil up and you know the only way back the only way that the other team even threatened is they get a corner they get a set piece he, he sort of reminded me of like a Ter Stegen almost and that his only job was to sort of wander out to the edge of the box and <laughs> keep the play going um, and long may that continue I'll, I'll get used to watching that very quickly that'll be good so no, I think there's a lot of things David once we're, we're scoring goals at the rate we are it's not a concern but certainly as you say when the goals dry up a bit it's always nice to be able to keep a clean sheet where one little moment of magic wins the game. So I think it'll improve, though. I think the defence will improve under Klopp. He's proven that with his Dortmund teams, that he can improve that aspect as well. I just wanted to add something onto what um, Neil said about Carrius sort of playing, standing quite almost near the halfway. And I think the thing with Mignolet was he wasted a lot of time on the ball, you know, held on to it. We know he used to hold on to it. Remember that match against Bordeaux when he gave that stupid free kick in the box? But um, yeah, he, the thing with Carrius is when he's so high up in the pitch and, and the ball's immediately back into the opposition, as the, the team's own half, then they don't get time to regroup. They don't get time for a breather. You know, it's, it's just full on sort of pressure again. It's, uh, that's the good thing about him playing high up and he when he first started I think he's in his first interview he said that I take risks and I think John mentioned it as well when you know when you take risks there are going to be mistakes and I think you will see mistakes in him over the course of the season but it won't be it's because he's he's trying to sort of be aggressive and I think that's what Klopp wants and I'm really excited. I mean, I know it's only been two games. He's done absolutely nothing in those two games and maybe he should have come out for that corner um, against Hull, but, you know, we won't sort of murder him too much about that. He's only, you know, it's his first Premier League start. But, yeah, I think he's he's really going to be good for us. Um, but like I said, he there there, there are going to be mistakes there. And I just hope we don't sort of get on his back too much about it and give him some, cut him some slack, give him some time. No, and, and I want to sort of, while we're on the defence, you know, put on my black armband and my black cap and say it's a very sad day. It appears that Mamadou Sacco will not be a Liverpool player for much longer given the events of the weekend there. And, and just maybe go around the table with your, with your thoughts on that. You know, I think he was in a precarious enough situation with Klopp to begin with. I don't think what, what happened in Snapchat over the weekend I, I would have, would have done anything else but maybe close doors rather than open them. And it looks pretty ominous and, and pretty, pretty certain that we've probably seen the last of Mamadou Sacco in a red shirt. I'll, I'll start with Neil on this one and, and work your way around there. It's one of those things. I think I mean, I didn't read the full comments, but I certainly got the, the gist of it. And, it's just not something that not something that he needed to do. Um, I think, you know, we were all a little bit. Uh, certainly, most of us were were very taken aback by sort of what happened. 
over the summer and his, his fallout and what transpired and the fact that he is out of the team. But at the end of the day, you know, the only way to get back into it is, is to keep working and to keep your head down and keep trying. And whilst I don't think Klopp's going to put too much stock in in a 24-hour social media thing, as as Umara rightly pointed out earlier, once it's once it's screenshotted or screenshot, it's it's there forever. So um, it's something that raised its head before the whole game, and thankfully, because of the performance on the pitch, uh, it was pretty much forgotten about uh, relatively relatively soon after kickoff. So we'll have to wait and see on it. I, he's certainly done himself no favours. If he has to move on, he has to move on. As long as we get a suitable replacement in, somebody of the same calibre, then, uh, you know, so be it. It's one of those things. But like I said, yeah, it's, it's just not something to really be wanting to put too much time into. But it, it does, as you say, Dave, and as Klopp said, it, it's not positive. No, I hear what what you're saying there, but you know, three quarter of a, three quarters of us in this podcast would hold Sacco in very high regard as our best defender. I know, Omari, you're you're more a Lovren person. Um, no, I'll, no, no, no. I think, no, I think uh, that's a bit of a misconception. No, I'm you up. carry on. I'll, I'll come <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'm you up. Correct you later. <laughs> I'll come to John. Just I'll wind you up and then come to John. And let you see him on it or stew on it for a wee while. In my opinion, he was our best defender. You, you know, why stop gradable? I, I would still say, you know, in, in real terms, uh, he was the best that we had, and it just it's just a shame to to see it end this way. It is a shame, and I think you're right. I, I don't think Klopp's the kind of guy. He's all about the team. He's all about everyone pulling in the same direction and harmony and. There's no doubt this is if he, if he's tried to get a reaction out of Sacco by what he's done, which is to see how professional he is, and you know this is very early in that process for Sacco to snap like that. You know, there's no need to go to social media and and do that. It it's not a move that's gonna get him any nearer Liverpool's first team. I think it'll it'll maybe just rubber stamp what Klopp already thinks, which is, you know, this is a guy that ultimately he's not going to just knuckle down and, and focus on it. I'd agree with you, I think, as a defender, I thought he was our, our, our best centre-back. I thought he was comfortably our best centre-back. And he, he he was showing signs of real leadership. His distribution from the back was really good as a footballer. But obviously something's something's not right. Something wasn't right in America. And Klopp's the boss. And if he's deemed it that this guy's a bad influence or he's unprofessional, then he knows a lot more than we do about what's going on behind the scenes. And that's his prerogative as the manager of that club to say, do you know what? You're not for me. You know, um, you've seen it with Guardiola at City. If certain players don't fit the bill for what he wants, whether it's Jaya Ture or Joe Hart, out they go. And Big managers make big decisions. So there's no sentiment there, you know, if Klopp, he's been proven right in a lot of things with what he's done Dave so I agree I think it's it's very difficult to see a way back for him and he is upgradable there's no doubt about that but I think it does highlight the need that we need to look at that position and potentially go out for someone uh, but it's a sad way for it to end up um, because he was he was a popular figure for a lot of supporters he was my captain for this season, and I made no secret of that pre-season. Omara, you know, I know you're more a Lovren than a Sacco person, but I, I, I'm sure you share our sympathy in this one. I think that your um, 
having a little lie there now. I never said that. Logan I'm having a little thing. Best, Leave me alone. I'm having yeah, a little, a little lie. No, I I always said that Saka was our best defender. But Lovren is another issue. I have a soft spot for him, but he's you know, our I, best I, I looking like... defender. Okay, we get we get the picture. <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. I, um, I said it for you. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you can talk to me later about how you feel about that. <laughs> um, but no, I I do think he was our best defender. I I said it many many times before, and I absolutely loved the guy. Why he felt the need to do this is just beyond me. Because Klopp named him in the squad, despite what he said um, about him after the sort of the incidents in America. So why he needed to do that and and just spoil it all was just silly, really. And he just needed to keep working and get back on the pitch. You know, he might have got a chance. You never know. They, Things happen during the season, injuries, whatever. And if maybe it might have just been a case of him just knuckling down, showing Klopp that he means that he wants to get back in. And that might have been enough just to show him a bit of professionalism. I think the worst thing about it was, and I know maybe you guys said you hadn't read it, there was the implication of a lie in there. We don't know what that lie is. He was obviously very vague about it. And I think that was just the end. That was the end for me. And I don't think anyone can really defend him after that. It doesn't matter what it was. It's the fact that he said it. And it's open to interpretation. People are going to interpret that however they want. Obviously, people are going to then turn around and say that he meant that Klopp was lying or the club is lying about something. We don't know what that lies about, what that lie is, whether it was drugs incident, whether it was the, the apparent, you know, messing about in America or, or what it was really. You know, that's the thing now. It's just going to blow up completely. So it was really irresponsible on his part to do that. And I'm just gutted, really. It just all kind of went downhill after the drugs incident. I think it must have just built up from there. And then again, America and now this. So Klopp um, in his, uh, I think it was his post-match, yeah, post-match against Hull. Because he did this on the Friday before we were going to play the next day. Um, And I think a lot of people took issue with that as well when everything was going so well with the team and there was this quite a good atmosphere around the club and then he had to come and then and, and do this. So I think he's lost I think he's lost a few fans now. Whereas he had a lot of backing before. Yeah, and I think, you know, once you go up against Klopp, there's only going to be one winner there. So, you know, it, it was silly of him, really. I think I wish he hadn't have done it because I, I did like the guy and I thought at the back end of last season, him and Lovren were doing really well. But, um, you know, it looks, to, looks as though Matip's a, a really good um option at, for us at the moment anyway so we're not feeling it too badly but yeah I just wish he'd have just kept his mouth shut and just got on with the job. No indeed you know obviously he can't turn back a clock to me it seems like probably out in a rip somewhere and just decided to let rip with some frustration and sadly it's, it's sort of closed every door and mm-hmm. fucking put nails It's, it's possible it that he knew that you know things had, had gone sort of bad and, and this, there was no way back for him but and and he felt that he needed to then have his little say, but I just think you know maybe he could have done it differently, waited, um, and then and then had his say at the right time. This wasn't the right time, and I think he's like I said, people have, have not turned against him, but I think people have lost some respect for him now. You, you make a very good point there, Amari, in, in regards to you know the, the respect thing, and I think that's what what has happened. I don't think people hate him, but I think the respect levels of Sacco maybe went down a little because of his disrespect for the club, his, you know, who pays wages and at the end of the day uh, disrespect towards the club is a disrespect towards all of us maybe, is is the way it's seen. But you also mentioned Joel Matip, who I have been very impressed with thus far. And I love the, these sort of marauding runs into the box and so on. And just, just in closing uh, you know, I'll give the guys a, a chance to sort of give us their opinion on him and what we've seen so far. Early days yet, but 
The sign seemed quite good, John. Yeah, very good indeed. He's strong. He's winning his headers. He's 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 very very quick for a big guy. He, he gets around very well, and he has he's he seems to have a very quick brain on him as well. And what what I like about him is when a ball comes in and he's going to head it, he's not just thinking a la Skirtle, just fucking head it anywhere with a fifty p head and wherever it ends up. He sets quite a lot of he sets attacks in motion. You know he. He seems to cushion the headers, and he, and he gets a bit of. He's got a bit of accuracy about him. Um, I think as well. He's, there's been a couple of ones. He had that header at Spurs. We put it over the bar, and he had a, early, a good chance early on against uh, against Hull on Saturday. There, he, I, I I would back him as a guy that's gonna. He, he's gonna get us some goals from corners sooner rather than later as well. He just seems to have that spring about him. But no, it makes makes a big difference to have a big composed figure that can step into midfield with the ball. Um, a lot of teams are going to sit back against us. They're going to be afraid of us. He he's going to be in real asset there. You know, when the fullbacks are high up the pitch, to have a centre back that can come out with the ball and just have that, just give us that bit of variety in our play. So yeah, very encouraging, Dave. I've been very very impressed with him. He, he hasn't put a foot wrong thus far. You know, he's he's, he's done really well. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying that he made one. He made a mistake where he slid in. Well, I'm trying to remember now which which uh, the Chelsea, Chelsea game. Chelsea game. Yeah, Chelsea game. Yeah, saying he didn't put a foot wrong. That was a wee bit poor. That's the only thing I've seen. Well, but there were about four mistakes in that goal. I think back with yeah, there was a, there was a lot. But no, so far very good, Dave. Very encouraging. And Neil, it's it's his height is a massive is a massive advantage. Um, he's six foot four. And he looks it, and he behaves like it, and he's he's pretty dominant in the air. Not necessarily in the sense of coming over the top and booming headers away like like John was saying, but he's very composed and he knows how to use his height to win aerial challenges. And he's always looking for the next pass. Uh, and the other thing about him is, uh, I think John mentioned as well, uh, that he has pace and. Normally you get a big kind of bean pole centre back and he, he can't really get his legs going and he, he can't really cover the ground. But Matty has both and he's very confident taking the ball forward uh, and, and pinging passes. You know, he's got a very short back lift and he just, sometimes they don't work out. But he, he's not just, he doesn't just play the ball uh, backwards and sideways. He, he's the opposite of Skirtle in, in that respect. He's much more comfortable and, and oh, Sacco-like in in the way that he looks for a forward pass quite often, a vertical pass. He's not afraid to ping it 40, 50 yards either. There were a couple of occasions, I mean, there have been numerous actual uh, examples of it so far, even though he's only played three or four games. Uh, and there was one there at the weekend against Hull where he just he pings it completely cross field and picks out Milner uh, on the left touch line. And it just arrows to him. So, I mean, he's got that in his locker and we've seen him actually burst beyond and break through lines and get into the box and stuff as well. And at no time have we looked exposed at the back because of it. It's not like it's been turned around and suddenly he's miles out of position and can't get back. Funny, John mentioned goals there and he did have a decent scoring record for a centre-back in the Bundesliga. Uh, He did make a few mistakes as well and he does have the odd, you know, Rick in his game, there's there's no doubt about it. So, you know, there may there may be one where one or two instances where he, where he does make drop a clanger, but I mean that's to be expected. No no defender is is perfect and and makes no mistakes, but it's a massive upgrade. I mean, if, if you look at 
Skirtle's gone out and Matip's come in. I mean, the difference in which he play with, with which he plays the game, um, the the composure that he brings, as opposed to the air of absolute kind of panic and calamity that that Skirtle often brought. Um, his composure at dealing with with opposition strikers uh, stepping in, and I mean, I think that uh, there was a video going around on Twitter about his performance against Diego Costa and and how masterful it was. And if you compare that to to Skirtle, he would have just been wrestling and wrestling, and they had so many wrestling matches between them, those two. So it's 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 a huge upgrade, and you know, it's really nice to have not only what looks like a really solid centre-back, but also someone so composed and, and confident on the ball. And Amara, you know, the final word on it for, for you, you know, the, the, the Lovren-Mati partnership, have, has it impressed you? You know, you did mention him. <laughs> I did. Uh, it has impressed me, actually. And it's funny, I just wanted to, to add on to something that Neil just said, that he's six foot four. But it was funny on um, Monday Night Football, Klopp was saying we don't have the tallest players and I think we've got a Lovren six foot two as well so you know they're quite good tall, good tall centre-backs so maybe I don't know what um what, what Klopp's idea of tall is then maybe he's looking for even taller but yeah I mean everything the guys have just said really um I think that that they could work together really well kind of complement each other so it, it's looking good at the moment it's only been a few games I don't want to get too carried away but you know you have to it takes time to build these partnerships let's just hope that they stay injury free and um, you know they can uh, build build up and and learn learn not to concede goals. I mean I know it's not just the centre backs where where goals are conceded. It's a, a sort of a myriad of things: the goalkeeper, the midfield, whatever you want to um, play it. But I think it could be a really good one. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see how they go um, for the rest of the season. But um, yeah, he does look uh, really calm and on the ball. And he you know like the guy said, he steps out in front of. It anticipates the the ball before it's even it's even getting anywhere. So um, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's kind of like Sacco has been replaced for now. So that's a good thing. I mean, we were worried when Sacco um, when all the everything that was going on with him and you know who's going to replace him and that. But I think at the moment it's looking quite good. Just on Lovren, like I mean. Is it that what is, what is it that he's scared to play at Anfield or every, every, <laughs> yeah, I was every thinking time that, yeah. game, he pulls out like half an hour he's, before the match? With... He's missed two games at Anfield. Yeah, both the board only played two at home this season. But yeah, worth new <laughs> next one's at United. So I'm sure he'll be back for that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it looks like a promising partnership. I'm, I still have my doubts on Lovren here and there, certain things. But as long as they work together as a partnership and any mistakes are rectified by the other and so on then yeah long may continue and hopefully exactly, goes yeah. strength that's to strength. it just complement each other fix each other's if you know the one makes a mistake the other one mops it up that's fine no problem that's what it's all about absolutely so listen we've rambled on I'm, I'm going to leave it is there anything else anybody wants to bring up and I apologise because there's a massive noise coming from behind me it's the Brazilian elections again local ones sadly they're going to come past the house there's nothing we can do about it they're part of this podcast so any other business guys no, I just wanted to say Milner takes some cracking penalties, doesn't he? Almost, I, I'm calm when Milner has the ball in his hand to take a penalty. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned him actually for at all in the whole pod. Yeah, well, it's a hundred percent record, isn't it? So I mean, you can't get better. I don't know what it is, but I remember Sturridge had the ball for the second pen, and I was like, "No, put it down. <laughs> I don't want you to touch it." I but think yeah, we all, all did. Yeah, yeah, I think his... it. 
he gave him the eyebrows and you thought Sturge wants to take mm. this and everyone in the bar just looked at each other and went, Sturge can't take penalties. <laughs> but I'm normally, I mean, I'm a nervous wreck anyway when there's a penalty, but with him there, I'm a little bit less of a nervous wreck. That's a good thing. So hopefully we'll just carry on taking penalties the way he is. I mean, the goalkeeper went the right way both times and didn't get anywhere near it. So Milner's up there with Lalana, Dave. That'll be my final point on players that he's really shoved a lot of words and you know what I, I i was so fucking skeptical about this about milner not being a proper left back and he's fucking stuck two fingers up at me and you know what <laughs> i'm gonna sit here and say fair play to him um you know i do the tactics pod with stevie grieve and privately we, we discussed the, the left back experiment as we used to call it and it was just like this is a fucking disaster written all over it but you know what Fair play to James Milner. He's, he's, he's proved me wrong. And Dave, who would have thought it? Jurgen Klopp might know more about football than us. Who would have thought it? <laughs> who would have thought it? <laughs> That'd be silly. Ridiculous. What are you All I'm with? saying is it's a long season. I still feel that, that that squad could be a little light. As as we as we said, two injuries in midfield changes everything. But if we continue the way that we're going and playing the style of football that we're playing, I don't think there's very many going to live with us. It's just, I, I just have the old fears of, of that complacency. But hopefully this is where Klopp really comes in this season. And, and the, the real difference that we see is that some real consistency being brought in. And this is what we see week in, week out. That's it. I mean, it's if you can play with that intensity and that belief every week, no matter who the opponent, if you play like that against Hull, you know, then you can play like that against... Palace and you can play like that against West Brom and you can play like that against Bournemouth and so on and so on because we all know we can always get up for the big games and and why shouldn't we get up for the big games if you can't get up from them you know just stay in bed but if you like I said if you can do that against a team like Hull why you should be able to do it against against every team and if you can produce that against every team or 34 teams or 34 games or the 38 you play whatever it is you're going to win more games than you don't and you're going to finish nice and high up the league. No, absolutely. Listen, I think we'll, we'll just leave it there. We've, we've gone on a little bit longer than we, we intended, but in fact, who cares? Listen, in closing, I just want to go around the table. Anything you want to plug and, and where we can find you on Twitter, etc., etc., etc. Neil, far away, my man. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Neil1980. Uh, so you can follow me on there if you like. At the moment, you can just you can catch me obviously on Copcast and Cop Left, and I'll be recording a, a writer's pod with Anthony next, but that will not be being recorded till next week. So look out for that. All good stuff. And Omara, anything you want to plug? Are you writing anything at the moment or doing anything? Yeah, I've got lots in the pipeline. Just need to actually do it. <laughs> that's, wow. the, that's the trouble. Nothing changes. Best ideas. The pod. <laughs> <laughs> that's you just stolen the Neil Patterson excuse. <laughs> that's it. The best. She's been listening. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the implication, it's the application, sorry, of, of, of actually doing it. That's the problem at the moment. Um, other than that, there's loads of ideas and lots of things even going around in my head. It's just um, actually putting pen to paper, but there will be something hopefully soon for that. Yeah, just in the meantime, listen to us talking LFC on, uh, on Copcast. And where do we find you on Twitter? If you must, um, <laughs> it's underscore U-M-A-R-A. There you go. And Mr. Henderson, uh, yourself, anything you want to plug, anything you're doing? Are you ever going to write anything for us or, or what? Like, <laughs> well, I've, I've written before, Dave, but busy with work at the moment <laughs> to, to get the I time thought, to be writing. The hell will work. Write, write, write for us instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, on Twitter, though, so if anyone wants, anyone wants to give me a follow, it's 
at TubinLad on Twitter. I will follow back on, until you annoy me, and then I'll probably block you. But uh, why not give us a wee follow there? And I'll be on here doing these pods as well. Indeed, and, and hopefully a few more across on WFI that I'm going to plug the shit out of right now. <laughs> if you don't follow WFI, do, because we have basically everything at the minute. Um, any area of football you want. We have the Tactics Pods, we have the Liga, we have Serie A, we have America, we have South America. We're, we're, we're hooking up with the Chinese for a pod. Uh, we're, we're trying to cover the globe entirely by, by Christmas, and it's working out pretty well. So if you don't give us a follow, follow Check us out at World Football Eye on Twitter. Um, you can find all our pods on SoundCloud. As I say, that we, we cover everything caters for everyone's taste. We, we're adding Champions League this week um, with some new voices on that. So, uh, again, we're looking for experts on Bundesliga. Anybody out there wants to get in contact with me directly, DMs are open. Other than that, I would just like to thank this panel very much. It's been too long since we've done a pod together. I sort of miss this crew, you know. It's, it's always a pleasure talking to these guys and appreciate their time so much for, for coming on here. So big, massive thanks to them and to yourselves for listening, taking the time to download us. Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. And until we're back again next week, uh, different crew, obviously. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll be talking about another win and going into the international break. So until then, it's good night from everybody here.